Collateral Creatives was created and hosted by XN Radio. If you wish to get in touch with either me or Cheyenne, then feel free to leave us an email at ccmoody22 at gmail.com. We love getting feedback and requests for future episodes, so we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for your listenership and enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Collateral Creatives, the show where we go into content that's not necessarily Christian so we can find a gospel message or some aspect of God that you wouldn't have seen coming. I'm your host, Austin Murphy, and I'm once again joined by my lovely co-host... Cheyenne Wyatt. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about a movie that... I mean, apparently a lot of people don't like. <laughs> I, I We just learned this today, that people didn't actually receive this movie too well, unless you were in the audience, which makes me wonder if these critics are even watching these movies. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> the movie is called Life Itself. Yeah. We watched it for our apologetics class last semester. Taught by Professor Ashish Varma. He had yeah. a really, really good purpose behind us watching that movie, and it was excellent discussing it in class. Um, now, this movie uh, is it's kind of a shocker, kind of a surprise out of nowhere kind of film, including how it was released, because this movie was originally a film festival submission, and then it made it to an actual theatrical release in the United States, um, because Amazon Studios will let you put pretty much anything on there if you're, if you're good enough at making a film. Uh, now, of course, it was also benefited by the cast that they had on hand because they had uh, someone like Oscar Isaac, who played Poe Dameron in Star Wars, uh, Star Wars's new trilogy, and now he's playing Moon Knight for the MCU. Because if you're a famous actor, you have to be in the MCU at some point or another. Um, Olivia Wilde uh, even got Antonio Banderas, which was a pleasant surprise for me because I didn't even try to look into the casting before I watched the movie, and Samuel L. Jackson, which was even more surprising because he's the first voice you hear. <laughs> he's not there for long but he's definitely there. Yes. And before we continue, obviously if you plan on watching this film, uh, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers! Like the entire way through. Like it's not going to slow down. We're going to talk about <laughs> every single aspect of this movie more than likely. So it's uh, it's going to be important for you to either watch the movie or just don't listen to this episode. I would prefer that you listen to the episode though. So go find the movie. Yeah. Also, if you are going to watch the movie, just be aware that there is quite a bit of swearing in it. And a lot of death. Yeah. Uh, so... Be aware of that. It's mm -hmm. maybe not the movie that you would want to watch with your kids. Nope. Um, but it would be a very educational watch with your significant other. <laughs> yeah. Or um, maybe not like a good romantic movie night. It is not a romantic movie night. Definitely kind of movie. not a romantic movie night mood vibe no it is very, it is very much the kind of movie that like if you have an intellectual group of people that you hang around and you want to get into something philosophical life itself is the movie for that sort yeah, of situation so that's the type of vibe um yeah. be aware that there's some swearing including the dog's name yeah they have a dog <laughs> and the dog has a explicit name it's yeah. very strange uh but also so it's not violent to the point of it being grotesque or anything like that. It's just so realistic that it's a little off-putting. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, of course, a movie about life itself. So there are going to be also themes that you wouldn't particularly want to typically see unless you were specifically seeking out a story like this so that you can reflect on it. Things like cheating in a relationship, 
uh, some certain sexual themes. There's no specific sexual content on screen in the film. Um, at least nothing that's revealing anything to you. But mm-hmm. it is mature in the way that it will mention sexual themes. It'll mention sexual content, but it doesn't put it onto the screen. Yeah. So, with life itself, the reason why we wanted to talk about it today is because today's theme was pretty much all about how do we see content as Christians that is meant to imitate the horrors and realities of being human. And we're kind of jumping immediately into the theological message of this because this is the kind of thing where we can sort of branch back and forth between the content yeah, that we're talking about. Yeah, it's all wrapped up. Yeah. Like, talking about the plot is some, it's, it's one thing, but it's not the same as going and discussing it bit by bit. So the reason why we wanted to talk about this sort of a sort of film though is because Christians these days I feel like to live in their own special bubble. Uh, and we've talked a little bit last season about the moody bubble here on campus that students and faculty, well, less faculty, more students, live in this little bubble of everything is Christian and everything is great all the time. Everything is awesome. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the rest of the, all of our surroundings is, for the most part, suffering to some degree. A lot of people struggling to get by, a lot of people living on the streets, and we live in the moody bubble where we don't have those kind of problems. Anyone that stumbles onto campus, if they're homeless, they're ushered away. So... Because of that, we don't often get to explore what life is really like for other people. Yeah, there's also, I think, at times, this impulse to shy away from suffering, mm-hmm. even though we want to help people who are suffering or be there with someone who's going through a hard time. It's hard to actually know what to do. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a lot when we went over the movie uh, Collateral Beauty, Mm -hmm. which is part of the inspiration for the name of our podcast. Mm -hmm. But um, life itself covers a lot of the same themes, but in a different direction. I remember when we watched it for class, Austin and I were texting each other about it kind of as we were watching it. And he was like, yeah, it's like, collateral beauty but it goes in the opposite direction in the way that it applies things Mm -hmm. and so I think expanding on the conversation we had with collateral beauty is just really what we want to do today yeah because collateral beauty takes all of these pieces of suffering into the direction of what happens if you get better and life itself takes it in the direction of what if you don't Mm -hmm. and life itself makes it so that the problems are created in the first generation of people and the problems are solved two generations later so the great grandkids are basically the ones that get to experience the resolution of some horrific event which in this case is a pregnant woman dying and the husband killing himself because he couldn't handle it so with themes like that it's pretty easy to get a little put off because it's it's kind of brutal uh, especially Very blunt. Yeah, especially with the suicide scene. A lot of people didn't really expect Oscar Isaac, of all people, because, because it's Oscar Isaac. His character is the one that kills himself. And, I mean, it's Oscar Isaac. He had just finished the high of the Star Wars films. So everyone th- was thinking he was the main character. He was the hero of the story. Well, and the chapter that 
the movie is split into chapters and the chapter that he's in is titled the hero isn't it mm-hmm. so it's like oh yeah obviously he's the hero he's gonna be around for the while yep nope no and the way that they that they do the suicide scene is unfortunately i say unfortunately because of the experience but unfortunately very realistic Mm-hmm. And unfortunately has happened before so it's the sort of thing that you do want to mentally prepare yourself for I know that I was I, I've seen a lot of worse things than that when taking care of other people or hearing about things that are way worse than that when taking care of other people and Looking into some of the hardships that other countries have experienced in let's say like war history looking into what was done to war criminals or uh, prisoners of war I, I was used to that sort of stuff already. So even though it was incredibly jarring to see it happen, I wasn't quite put off by it. I more wanted to see what happened as a repercussion of it because it, mm-hmm. it the movie does well to show this caused a wave. Yeah. I think when we had our class discussion, that was like one of the number one things where people were like, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of like settle in and get used to the narrative and then that hits and you're like oh oh right there are multiple chapters like it had that chapter one thing pop up at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. now it's chapter two because it's like gunshot chapter two and you're like oh 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 oh, okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and then after that you're like oh no one's safe yeah and following that death it goes into the life of this this couple's daughter who survived because the wife was hit by a bus while she was pregnant but they were still still able to extract the child yeah she was like i think nine months pregnant Mm -hmm. so So she was on her way out yeah she was already like they were able to like somehow miraculously like save the baby even though um because like they even like talk about it in the movie like how um is it amber is the wife's name it's like will and amber no it's uh, will and abby abby um will how like abby's body like shielded uh her daughter and like saved her and stuff Mm -hmm. and like they kind of give it like this like oh it's a miracle sort of um sheen to this like tragic event which almost makes it worse for their daughter which they named dylan um which is so cute um because of um the connection to music Mm -hmm. that they use as a consistent theme throughout the movie because they have a certain song that's played at the beginning that then gets played at the end and it ties into like the idea of love and loss with just like bob dylan's music Mm -hmm. that was like one of the themes that i really appreciated that i don't know if enough people picked up on well there are many themes about this movie that not enough people picked up on (laughs) true which is likely why it got so bad reviews in the first place Mm -hmm. because the movie does a lot of sort of out of nowhere tracking it's just, here's your character, you're used to them. Okay, there goes that character. Here's your new character. Get attached to this one up, there goes that character. All right, here comes your new character. Because <laughs> yeah. like I said, you're going through three generations of people. So the first generation, that's the couple that dies. And then the second generation is their daughter and uh, a boy that was on the bus 
that had distracted the driver and was the reason why. Yeah, that well, we jumped woman. to his parents at first, and then we get the boy. Yes, but I'm going in, in order of generation. Yeah. Because those parents were technically in Gen 1, too. Well, I'm talking about, like, the chapter says the movie presents Oh, uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. The movie is very non-linear mm-hmm. and jumps around with the characters and I think that's part of why people have trouble or some people at least have trouble keeping up with it is because they don't necessarily see all the connections. Which is interesting because if you notice them it produces its own linearity. Yeah you're like oh okay because for me I was really excited as soon as we jumped to a Hispanic looking family because mm-hmm. I was like oh oh this is where the little boy came from Yep, because it uh, was a Hispanic child <laughs> yeah because like he definitely registered as Hispanic or potentially like Filipino or something uh, like that and so when it was Hispanic I was like okay that's where he came from probably mm-hmm. um and because he had really chubby cheeks, that's why I was like, maybe he's Filipino because I don't want to assume. Yeah. And yeah. And from there, you get even more very real issues that start arising because you, you get to see the life of that kid's parents and their parents get hired on by this by this man who owns a famous vineyard, I think somewhere in California. Uh, and uh, no, he was in Spain. He was actually in Spain. Yeah, they were all the way across the ocean in Spain. Ah, uh, yeah, right, right, right. And so they had a they had that vineyard in Spain, and the the person who runs the the vineyard was the character played by Antonio Banderas, and he does a fantastic job. It was very good to hear him actually speak Spanish for the first time in a long time, I think, in terms of films that are released for an English audience. Mm-hmm. I don't think we get to see that enough from him, and it's just because his voice is just golden. Um. And he notices that this man, the father of the child, is really good at doing his job. He's being careful with every single grape and making sure that it's perfect for creating the wine because it's an art to him. So he appoints him as the, what was the position? Um, it's like kind of like the overseer, I think. Yeah, it's like an overseer position that ensures that all the production is being done properly by the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. And this father says, sure. But my conditions are, I leave your business to your business, and you leave my business to my business. I'll come to work, you stay out of my home. Because he was giving this this father a, a home for his wife and child. Yeah. Now, this landowner ends up breaking that promise and shows up quite frequently to give gifts to the kid. Yeah, he wants and, to be involved, and part yeah. of that's just because he doesn't have anyone in his life. Mm-mm. He He did not get along with his father. He lost his mother. Yeah, and he's very personable and generous. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, the two of them do not see eye to eye Mm -mm. on their, like, ideas of how money should be handled or how you would handle people. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just this sad situation right from the start where it's like, Okay, he the landowner isn't doing anything wrong. I think it's Senor something. It starts with an S. Vincent Sassioni? Yeah, Sassion. He really just wants to be present and do what he can for people. Like he's, like I said, very generous. But 
Javier, he's very much like, I'm independent. I need to do things myself. Like, I don't want someone else to take care of me or my, like, what belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And so when things eventually, like, start to implode later down the line and Senor Sassion is like, here, let me help, um, because he just, like, honestly wants to be there to help support him because he sees Javier as a friend. Javier is insulted because it's like insulting his pride and insulting mm-hmm. like he's not able to accept help because yeah. things have always been so hard for him. Yeah. Or at least that's presumably why he's unable to accept help. Yes, of course. And I want to make a quick adjustment. I said vineyard, it's an olive plantation. Yeah. Because um, they do olive oil. Yes. That was I was like, it was. was it wine? <laughs> <laughs> and the position was foreman, which is yeah. basically the person that oversees everything. Overseer, um, foreman, same yeah. thing. So uh, once that happens, though, once once uh, Senor Sassion uh, gets uh, involved with uh, Javier's family, Javier gets a little bit so, well, so insulted, really, that he leaves. He decides, all right, if you don't need me anymore to his wife, if you don't need me anymore, then I'm just going to leave. And the wife is like, what are you even talking about? Why are you Why are you already out the door? Why are you on a plane? No, stop. <laughs> and, and he leaves, leaving the wife to herself and leaving his son fatherless. Except, mm-hmm. of course, for Senor Sancione, who sticks around every now and then to at least take care of the kid. Well, and we're leaving out a piece there mm-hmm. where Javier does allow... Senor Sacion to kind of enter into their lives because there's really nothing he can do to prevent him from coming in and he does see how his son is benefited by having him around like he's getting the getting the chance to have an education and certain things like that like he is getting toys mm-hmm. um, and when his son mentions oh I really want to go to New York He's like, oh, I've got it. I'm going to handle this. Because Sassion is like, oh, I'll take him. And he's like, no, I'll take my son to mm-hmm. New York, not you. Yep. And that's when they go overseas yep. and are on the bus. They're exploring New York City, and the kid goes up and distracts the bus driver, and the and bus driver that's hits when the mother. They hit Abby. Yeah. <laughs> um,. And then, because he's at the front of the bus, he witnesses her death and is traumatized. And they're dealing with that trauma, and that's really what drives Javier over the edge. Because, like, he can't help or, like, fix his son, but Sassion has the money to help fix that's like quote-unquote fix because you know trauma is so complicated yeah um to help him deal with it yeah help him deal with it is a better way of saying that um and because they don't have the money to go to all these therapists and Sassion's there and he's like here i can help connect you and that's when he's like i'm not good enough for my family um, and that's really when things fall apart yeah. and, and he, he leaves. And he was being heavily influenced by alcoholism that he had developed too. Because mm-hmm. he used to just drink recreationally, but then he just realized it took away a lot of the struggle and stress. So he got really into it. Yeah. And 
it's really easy to judge Javier, but like, I think there's a lot of realism to Javier where you can understand why he makes the choices that he made mm -hmm. because he's trying so hard and it's frustrating throughout the yeah. entire movie because you want him to be better and you want things to be better for him. Yep. And things don't get any better. Uh, see, after this little kid grows up, uh, we find out his name is Rodrigo, yeah. which we are going to butcher and say Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think his nickname's Rigo or yeah. something like uh, that. Rigo. Yeah, it's yeah. Rigo. Uh, so when Rigo grows up, uh, he's better. He just He's not truly suffering from the trauma anymore but his mom has developed cancer yeah and she can't really support him anymore and she wants him to go and live his life so she wants him to move to new york city to get an education because he's a genius so he goes to new york city and he tries dating around a little bit but he realizes that most of the women around are just not for him they're yeah. just a little there was too crazy. a prank a prank yeah uh, if that's what you can call it. A woman, where, uh, yeah, his, uh, you can yeah, it his girlfriend on April 1st was like, oh, I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh, no. Yeah, Rigo starts rearranging his entire life uh, uh, like Around, in that moment. Uh, having a baby. And then she's like, haha, just kidding. And Even, he's like, yeah. okay, we're just gonna break up because mm, even though she knew that he's not from this culture and he has no idea what april fools is <laughs> she yeah. tried to do that anyway and so he's also dealing with the fact that his mom has cancer at that moment mm -hmm. so not a good time to even try to do that nope so she, so he just walks out yeah i think he paid for her coffee bill still yeah but he did leave he rico's right a good out. guy rico 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 is a real good guy and then uh while he's strolling around late at night one day trying to reflect on what's happening in his life and uh, the loss of his relationship he ends up seeing a sad young woman sitting on a bench next to a spot that he finds rather familiar mm -hmm. just crying and he realizes that's the spot where Abby was hit by a, the bus that he had distracted the driver of and that was the daughter of the woman that got hit yeah. They now the movie kind of just starts skimming through things at this point, but they end up talking and they have a kid. And it turns out at the end of the movie that the entire story was all being told by the granddaughter of Will and Abby. So the kid of Rigo and Dylan. So three generations of people all connected by one single event and it's supposed to basically I think the movie does a fantastic job of this but describing how even one single event can connect people in a lot more ways than we give credit for yeah and how sometimes like really crazy random things happen where mm -hmm. it, like you really want to expect like this random kid from Spain to meet up with this girl um, that they were both in the same spot when they were kids well she wasn't born yet but you get my point mm -hmm. um and then meet up in the same exact spot when they're adults yeah and that's just life itself you know yeah life is like that <laughs> and it's interesting because the movie is very sad and tragic yes but it kind of has a hopeful ending 
just like life sometimes. Yeah. And similarly, just to bring it back to a theological standpoint, very similarly, the gospel message. Because I was talking about this with my professor in, uh, I'm taking a current nonprofit communications class with Professor Jeremy Pettit. And he was kind of going over that there are two different narratives. There's tragedy and there's comedy. Comedy not as in like, haha, funny, but haha, my my heroes have won the day or haha, my heroes are better Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So a tragedy will take you on a journey where things are okay for a little while, but then things start getting worse and worse and it ends very sad and you have a frown or you're crying at the end. But then there's the comedy, which starts off really, really, really good. Things get bad for a little while, and the hero has to work their way back up to the top. And once they're back at the top, the movie ends with a smile. So interestingly enough, even though life itself has a lot, a lot of really, really dark stuff going on that's really sad, it ends with a smile. Because life itself attempts, and I say attempts because it really depends on who's watching it, on whether or not you find it effective, but it attempts to show you that despite life having a lot of things that it can do to you. There's always a good ending. And he tied that to a scriptural message. The life of Jesus is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It starts off with Jesus being fine, just a little kid, just growing up in, in Nazareth and all that. He has kind of a rough start with that whole manger thing. Oh, uh, he wasn't even conscious for that. We won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he grows up and he gets persecuted and killed by the Jews and the Roman Empire. So when he gets killed, that's the tragedy. But if he was just a simple man, that's where the tragedy ends. If he were just a man that was really godly and said a lot of good things, the story ends there. It's sad, but we have to move on. Mm -hmm. However, in the ultimate gospel narrative, where we start with, in the beginning, God, that's where it's the high point. Then the fall happens. We go down further and further. The middle of the story, we have Christ giving up his life and sacrificing himself for us. And then things start getting better and better and better, even though there are a little hiccup, a few hiccups along the way, get better and better until salvation and restoration. And it's that's the comedy story. Everyone ends with a happy little smile. So that's the sort of thing that I think influences how Christians should see stories like this. Mm-hmm especially stories that are related to their own lives because a lot of people go through a lot of different sort of tragedies very unique to them specifically oftentimes and many of them in that moment will see it as this is the end of the story i am sad and i'm going to be sad for a long time i will never get over this and then it's next week and you're just getting a coffee you're good life goes on yeah life goes on and there's i think nuance whenever we talk to someone who's going through or has gone through something hard Mm -hmm. where it's like we shouldn't just discount like oh you went through something hard but it's okay now yeah salvation will come eventually yeah no you acknowledge like yes that was very hard but mm-hmm. there's like always that but let's see what's happening now like what good has occurred since then yeah one of my favorite things to say to someone who has let's say recently lost someone i like to ask them what their plans are next week 
Mm-hmm. Like get them thinking about the future, get them thinking about what it is they want to be doing and even get involved. I'll say like, oh, great. Do you think, do you mind if I come along for that? Like if they're just going to go get coffee or go see a movie, because that's an excellent time to, first of all, if they need a little bit of a distraction, distract them with conversation, with friendliness, and also give them someone to go to. Because sometimes someone goes through something and they don't really think that they can go to anyone for it. Or they might not even realize that they can, even if they are someone who is talkative and talks to everyone. They may not think that they can go to people for those sort of things. And that's sort of how I wish people saw life itself. Because it is horribly tragic. Like if we start with just Will's character and Abby's character, they start out on the top, they go through a little bit of bumps, then they get married, they are about to have a kid, and they both die. Oh. That's a tragedy. Then you've got Dylan. Her story is also rather tragic in a way because it starts off really high point. She's about to be born. <laughs> then she loses her parents. She goes through. It starts a at a really emotions. low point. I think it's a when high she's point. conscious. Yeah, when she's conscious, it starts at a low point. But then whenever she goes through the motions and she goes through all of the events that she's going through, it ends with her being alone on that bench. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we go for Rigo's character also a high point he's living in a really nice house with a really loving family and then he sees someone die he goes through a couple of horrible events and he ends up basically being alone again late at night no family in the middle of new york city then we get the fact that this is a whole comedy series so the the series of stories we get a whole sort of comedy arc because we know all about story arcs there's the main arc and there's the individual arcs that lead us to the conclusion of the main arc um, so with the overall arc of life itself, it's telling you that, you know, you're going to have this high point. People are all good. Everything's great. Everything. There's death. There's another one. Here's another someone one. suffering. <laughs> here's someone else that's suffering at the same time. Wait, they're meeting. Wait, things are getting better. And now this person who is doing much better in life and understands that life will have a lot of things that are in store for them that are tragic gets to tell the story about what happened to Mm -hmm. their relatives back in the day so i think that there's there's value in seeing stories that way especially stories like this because a lot of people a lot of i'm gonna say specifically christians because i run into the most problems when i try to tell christians about you know let's watch this movie or let's check out this piece of content just because it has violence just because it has a little bit of swearing a lot of swearing just because it has things that of course we wouldn't ourselves practice as christians it doesn't mean that there's no value or no message within it that is valuable to us as Christians. Because like we've said before in season one, God can speak to you through these sort of creations. They can, he can speak to you through the productions that these people are making. He's spoken through everyone. Everyone is a sinner. So we can't just say this Christian film is edifying because it's a Christian film. It was still made by a sinner. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the ability to practice that That grace that God gives. Yeah. It's kind of like how in science you have to account for human error. Yes. When it comes to creative stuff, you have to account for human sin. Yes. It's just like that. And like with with science, with sin, you have to account for everything in those sort of circumstances. Like how science isn't always absolute. But with Christianity, we get to rest on the fact that God is absolute. So when God tells you, when God informs you that there are things that you can appreciate about the world around you, you should be appreciating it to the extent that you feel comfortable with. 
So if you are the type of person that simply just can't, like if this stuff makes you nauseous, I know people like, like that who just they can't experience anything violent at all, no matter the context, because it just it gets them nauseous, they'll throw up, they, they can't handle it. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to force you. Neither should you uh, oh, very so I loyal... should put the duct tape away? Yes. Neither <laughs> should you very loyal listener who may enjoy the same content that we do here on the show. If you have friends who you're like, I should show this sort of stuff to, hold on now. <laughs> Make sure that you are practicing collateral discernment. You also should put the duct tape away. <laughs> because here's the thing. There's another level to that discernment that I don't think that we've talked about before. There is discernment in what you specifically will choose to experience to consume anything like that but there's also discernment in who you decide to show it to because you are human you want to share stories we've been sharing stories for a long time babies before they're even capable of communication will somehow know how to tell stories through various signs and various bits of visual language somehow mm-hmm. which by the way it's at one point um this is another little bit of information from uh mr pettit uh he was telling us about the story of this atheist who wanted to explore why it is that we get born with the innate ability to tell stories because that's it's not evolutionary it's not like an evolutionary thing it's not useful for evolution it's not needed for survival it's just a random thing that we're born with that we aren't taught it just happens and you know what he landed on it's just got to remain a mystery But of course, if you're Christian, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you understand that God started everything with a story in the beginning. So when we understand God as a storyteller, one of the greatest storytellers of all time, then you you begin to understand how important stories are. So even though you want to share stories to someone that you're like, oh, this person would probably really love that. Would they? Would they really? Yeah. You got to think about that. Take a second to be like, are they squeamish? Yes. Should I really share this? Gory. <laughs> are they cur- video game with them? Are they currently experiencing something in their life that is a little bit too close to what you want to show them? Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to show life itself to someone who may have just experienced someone in their life committing suicide. Yeah. You wouldn't want that. You have to practice collateral discernment. Collateral discernment. We're gonna get so many trademarks on just the word collateral. We got collateral creatives, collateral discernment. You have a little like uh, clicker that you press, and every time you hear collateral, you just <laughs> click it and then count it. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, so yes, with life itself, that's where I think its primary theological ties come in. It's all about storytelling. It's all about telling the stories that need to be told whenever you're not really expecting to need it. Yeah, and knowing that there's more to the story than where you are currently at mm-hmm. on the storyline. Knowing that, okay, oh, uh, there was this illustration at uh, my youth group one time when I was really little. So they had a string and then there was a bead or a knot that they had on the string and they were like, okay, the bead or knot or whatever it was is you. But the string is all of time. (laughs) And it's like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So being aware that I am just a knot on the string. Mm -hmm. I'm just this one little bead. And being aware like, okay, right now, this point in time might be really hard. It might be really sad. But 
that doesn't say anything about what's come before or what is going to come next because God has a really cool plan and he has promised that he's going to win in the end so like all the sad things all the bad things they're going to be defeated Mm -hmm. like and that's the thing god is the greatest storyteller of all time think about how many times he has used tragedy to save a nation or to help a person who was just it was pivotal in causing a worldwide change the amount of times that tragedy has been used because he understands the power of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people need a comedy. Sometimes people need a tragedy. Let's uh, let's say like the importance of the story of Saul before he came Paul. Mm-hmm. He went through a complete literal character change, becoming a completely different man. I wouldn't even want to imagine what kind of suffering like mentally that would have had to create where you have been doing something for so long that is so horrible. And then... Jesus Christ appears and blinds you and says, boy, <laughs> change this. I'm not sure if he called Saul boy. Uh, it's, but, uh, it's a paraphrase. Uh, I'm sh- boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, yo, you got to be stopping this. I'm not about that life. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> right. Or for another example from the Old Testament. Ooh, Old Testament. Yeah, I'm pretty. We don't get enough. We don't get enough of those these days. <laughs> Randomly thinking of Old Testament stories, Elijah. Elijah. Just in general, um, because of all of the stuff where the prophets were getting killed, mm-hmm. and he thought he was alone, and he was really depressed about that, mm-hmm. and so you the famous I don't know if it's famous but I feel like it's probably the more well known Elijah story with the still small voice where it wasn't in the earthquake and it wasn't in the fire and Mm -hmm. I think there was wind as well and it wasn't in the wind and (laughs) it was just in that little bitty voice Um, and that's where God was and that story it happens in the context of him being really depressed and being like god i'm the only one out here who still cares about you and god's like um elijah there's still others who worship me and elijah's like oh cool (laughs) and so like if you read about elijah like there's times where uh like he'll like just like pass out asleep and then an angel will shake him awake so that he'll eat and I'm pretty sure it's heavenly food because what else is the angel gonna bring of course um and then he'll pass out again and the angel will shake him awake and he'll eat and then strengthened he'll be able to run or do whatever and it's like okay like he was having a rough time of it Mm -hmm. but God was there and plus i just love that story because it's like what is necessary to recover from tragedy sleep and food (laughs) amen yeah like it's (laughs) definitely like a very physical thing and i think that's also something that gets discounted a lot like take a nap Mm -hmm. drink some water have a nice meal take time to yourself or take time to spend it with others yeah Whatever gives you energy, whether Whichever you're an it is. <laughs> introvert, extrovert or an extrovert. <laughs> uh, like, 
you got to take care of yourself to actually be able to thrive and get through things mm -hmm. and people are like ah, I don't know why I can't just move on and they're just they have the gears grinding in their head but they don't have anything that they're doing physically to try to get better yeah they're spending all of that energy wallowing in it yeah and wallowing isn't gonna help like no. give you you can have a little bit of wallowing time but you do eventually need to get back up and go eat the angel food. Yeah, eat it. <laughs> oh, dude, angel food cake. Oh, what yeah. if that's what they brought? <laughs> and then pass the recipe down over yes, time. Yes, exactly. So, like, because, <laughs> like, that's... Okay, listen, if, if God were to send angels to... You know, like God told me to go to sleep, and then he sent angels to wake me up. Uh, if, if heavenly food is tied into your tastes... Uh -huh. Like, you know, like they're just like, all right, we know what this guy likes. Let's bring him some food straight from heaven's They'd kitchen. They'd bring you potatoes. They would bring me McChickens. I, I like... <laughs> <laughs> I would take potatoes. I'm, I'll, I'll accept that. However, McChickens. <laughs> Angel wakes you up. I got you some chicken nuggets. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, it's a cost-effective option. It would be nice on God's budget. Uh, and so, yeah, because God has a budget. Listen, I don't, I, listen, I don't know how much how much money God's got. He has everything, but what if he has a really bad credit? You know. <laughs> I think we've got it off. Topic. <laughs> and 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 this is a nice little closing bit. I d I do want to reiterate: it is okay to have a little bit of fun, make a little bit of of funny out of uh, you know things that you you think towards God because God first of all according to a couple different sources that I can't remember off the top of my head unfortunately apparently Jesus was a funny guy like really personable really knew people but he was also funny and I think that there's something important in that I think that the power that we the power that we have to be funny is important that comedy is something that it can bring other people together. I've seen people come to Christ because they had a comedian. They went to go see a comedian that was making jokes about Jesus. Like there, it was some comedian that was making a joke about how uh, Jesus was a carpenter or a worker. And so because of that, like there'd be someone being like, Oh, please heal my blind daughter. And I would love some shelves over here. <laughs> and like jokes like that, when they're, when they are, not insensitive because there are totally insensitive jokes that you shouldn't be saying relating to anything really not specifically mm. Christianity they're just some jokes collateral discernment yes that there are certain things that are okay there's always going to be a level of okayness to most things in the world I say most because there are most certainly things that are not okay to any level uh, most of that being I think uh, Taco Bell's new chicken wings that's on the list of just not okay. They shouldn't exist. You're a Taco Bell. Why do you have chicken wings? I don't know. They're branching out. They Why used to they have that pizza thing, too. I mean, yeah, but the, like, at least like there is a such a thing as Mexican pizza. Such a time as this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't need Mark Job in the room right now. Such a time as this for the chicken wings. Do you think we could at some point get Mark Job on this show? Maybe. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, we could hmm. ask. I could do that. Drag him down from whatever floor on Kroll he is. He's actually right below us. Yeah, drag him up. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, everyone. Well, 
uh, now that we've got a little bit of, uh, now that we've like slowed down a little bit and chilled out, I, I kind of want to make sure that we're focusing on chilling out afterwards. Focus. Well, it's not about the focus thing. Focusing on the topic, we can do that for as long as we want. But if we're ramping down, I think it's okay for us to, you know, get off of the topic a little bit, r- yeah. rest, let people let people join us in joyous laughter and like at my voice crack. Just <laughs> join us in 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 happiness. Well, not happiness. Happiness is a temporary yeah. feeling. Joy. 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 <laughs> so, uh, just to recap what we were talking about, the, the theme for today was how should we as Christians see content that is meant to imitate the horrors and realities of being human? And I feel as though we have identified that rather well, because life itself, despite being a clear tragedy, it has a comedy as its arc, which, again, I will reiterate comedy not as in haha this is hilarious comedy as in it ends with you smiling at the end mm-hmm. it has a good ending yes yeah and such as such is the same with real life it is always going to be the case where there will be a good ending to your story even if it feels like it's a tragedy at the time because in the end there is a savior there is salvation to come god's in control he's got it yes so for next week we're gonna get a little bit uh back to wacky because next <laughs> week is gonna be a good time next week is Wipeout, oh the tv yeah. show uh the <laughs> hilarious we doing this episode <laughs> the hilarious obstacle course itself where we put people through this giant pool raised obstacle course and watch them do funny flips and stuff. The theme for that is going to be silliness and humor are great fun, but are they too much of a distraction? What do we make of quote unquote silly content? And I think that we're going to have so much challenge in working through that one, but it will be completely (laughs) worth our time. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We hope that you gleaned something from it just as much as we did. And we will hope to see you next week. Farewell. Farewell.